Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 64. There's many times in life where we feel like we can get lost and we need to be found. And throughout the passages today, we see this happening in individuals, uh, larger groups. And it's really amazing that we're going to end today with some three incredible stories that Jesus tells about how people who are lost can be found and that God is the one who comes to pursue and find them. But let's begin today with Joshua chapter 5. When all the Amorite kings of the west side of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the seacoast heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Jordan before the Israelites while they crossed, they lost their courage and could not even breathe for fear of the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites once again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at the hill of the foreskins. This is why Joshua had to circumcise them. All the men old enough to fight when they left Egypt died in the journey through the wilderness after they left Egypt. Now all the men who were left were circumcised, but all the sons born on the journey through the wilderness after they left Egypt were uncircumcised. Indeed, for 40 years, Israelites traveled through the wilderness until all the men old enough to fight when they had left Egypt, the ones who had disobeyed the Lord, died off. For the Lord had sworn his solemn oath to them that they would not, he would not let them see the land he had sworn by oath to their ancestors to give them, a land rich in milk and honey. He replaced them with their sons, whom Joshua circumcised. They were uncircumcised. Their fathers had not circumcised them along the way. When all the men had been circumcised, they stayed in the camp until they had healed. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I'm ta- I have taken away the disgrace of Egypt from you. So the place is called Gilgal even to this day. So the Israelites camped in Gilgal and celebrated the Passover in the evening of the 14th day of the month in the Rift Valley plains of Jericho. They ate some of the produce of the land the day after the Passover, including unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped appearing the day they ate some of the produce of the land. The Israelites never ate manna again. They ate from the produce of the, of the land of Canaan that year. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him holding a drawn sword. Joshua approached him and asked, Are you on our side or allied with our enemies? He answered, Truly I am the commander of the Lord's army. Now I have arrived. Joshua bowed down with his face to the ground and asked, What does my master want to say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army answered Joshua saying, Remove your sandals from your feet because the place where you stand is holy. Joshua did so. Now Jericho was shut tightly because of the Israelites. No one was allowed to leave or enter. The Lord told Joshua, See, I am about to defeat Jericho for you, along with its king and its warriors. Have all the warriors march around the city one time. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priests blow the horns. When you hear the signal from the ram's horns, have the whole army give a loud battle cry. Then the city wall will collapse and the warriors should charge straight ahead. So Joshua, son of Nun, summoned the priests and instructed them, 
Pick up the Ark of the Covenant, and seven priests must carry seven ram's horns in front of the Ark of the Lord. And he told the army, Move ahead and march around the city with armed troops going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua gave the army its orders, the seven priests carrying the seven ram's horns before the Lord moved ahead and blew the horns as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord followed behind. Armed troops marched ahead of the priests, blowing the horns, while the rear guard followed along behind the Ark, blowing ram's horns. Now Joshua had instructed the army, Do not give a battle cry or raise your voices. Say nothing until the day I tell you. Give the battle until I tell you, give the battle cry. Then give the battle cry. So Joshua made sure they marched the Ark of the Lord around the city one time. Then they went back to the camp and spent the night there. Bright and early the next morning, Joshua and the priests picked up the Ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven ram's horns before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord marched along blowing their horns. Armed troops marched ahead of them while the rear guard followed along behind the Ark of the Lord, blowing ram's horns. They marched around the city one time at the second day. They returned to camp, and they did this six days in all. On the seventh day, they were up at the crack of dawn and marched around the city as before. Only this time, they marched around it seven times. The seventh time around, the priests blew the ram's horns, and Joshua told the army, Give the battle cry, for the Lord is handing the city over to you. The city and all that is in it must be set apart for the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house will live, because she hid the spies we sent. But be careful when you are setting apart the riches for God. If you take any of it, then you will make the Israelite camp subject to annihilation and cause a disaster. All the silver and gold as well as as bronze and iron items belong to the Lord. They must go into the Lord's treasury. The ram's horn sounded. And when the army heard the signal, they gave a loud battle cry. The wall collapsed and the warriors charged straight ahead into the city and captured it. They annihilated with the sword everything that breathed in the city, including men and women, young and old, as well as cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Joshua told the two men who had spied on the land, Enter the prostitute's house and bring out the woman and all who belong to her as you promised her. So the young spies went and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her whole family and took them to a place outside the Israelite camp. But they burned the city and all that was in it, except for the silver, gold, and bronze, and iron items they put in the treasury of the Lord's house. Yet Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, her father's family, and all who belonged to her. She lives in Israel to this very day because she hid the messengers Joshua sent to spy on Jericho. At that time, Joshua made this solemn declaration. The man who attempts to rebuild this city of Jericho will stand condemned before the Lord. He will lose his firstborn son when he lays its foundations and his youngest son when he erects its gates. The Lord was with Joshua and he became famous throughout the land. And one little quick note here. Uh, This is the Rahab who is in Jesus's family tree. She is a great, great, great grandmother, so to speak, of Jesus. Pretty amazing. But the Israelites, chapter 7, but the Israelites disobeyed the command about the city's riches. Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, stole some of the riches. The Lord was furious with all the Israelites. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is located near Bethaven, east of Bethel, and instructed them, go up and spy on the land. So the men went up and spied on Ai. They returned and reported to Joshua, don't send the whole army. About two or three thousand men are adequate to defeat Ai. Don't tire out the whole army, for Ai is small. So about three thousand men went up, but they fled from the men of Ai. 
The men of Ai killed about 36 of them and chased them from in front of the city gate all the way to the fissures and defeated them on the steep slope. And the people's courage melted away like water. Joshua tore his clothes. He and the leaders of Israel lay face down before the, on the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening and threw dirt on their heads. Joshua prayed, O sovereign Lord, why do you bring these people across the Jordan to hand us over to the Amorites so they could destroy us? If only we had been satisfied to live on the other side of the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say now that Israel has retreated before its his enemies? When the Canaanites and all who live in the land hear about this, they will turn against us and destroy the very memory of us from the earth. What will you do to protect your great reputation? The Lord responded to Joshua, saying, Get up. Why are you lying there, face down? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant command. They have taken some of the riches. They have stolen uh, them and deceitfully put them among their own possessions. The Israelites are unable to stand before their enemies. They retreat because they have become subject to annihilation. I will no longer be with you unless you would destroy what has contaminated you. Get up. Richly consecrate the people and tell them this. Richly consecrate yourselves for tomorrow because this is what the Lord God of Israel has said. You are contaminated, O Israel. You will not be able to stand before your enemies until you remove what is contaminating you. In the morning, you must approach in tribal order. The tribe the Lord selects must approach by clans. The clan the Lord selects must approach by families. The family the Lord selects must approach man by man. The one caught with the riches must be burned up along with all who belong to him because he violated the Lord's covenant and did such a disgraceful thing in Israel. Bright and early the next morning, Joshua made Israel approach in tribal order and the tribe of Judah was selected. He then made the clans of Judah approach and the clan of the Zerites was selected. And he made the clan of the Zerites approach and Zabdi was selected. And he made Zabdi's family approach man by man, and Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was selected. So Joshua said to Achan, My son, honor the Lord your, the God of Israel, and give him praise. Tell me what you did. Don't hide anything from me. Achan told Joshua, It is true. I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel in this way. I saw among the goods we, see, we seized a nice robe from Babylon, 200 pieces of silver, and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. I wanted them, so I took them. They are hidden in the ground right in the middle of my tent with the silver underneath. Joshua sent messengers who ran to the tent. The things were hidden right in his tent with the silver underneath. They took it all from the middle of the tent, brought it to Joshua and all the Israelites and placed it before the Lord. Then Joshua and all of Israel took Achan, son of Zerah, along with the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, daughters, oxen, sheep, uh, donkeys, tent, and all that belonged to him, and brought them up to the valley of disaster. Joshua said, Why have you brought disaster on us? The Lord will bring disaster on you today. All Israel stoned him to death. They also stoned and burned the others. Then they erected over them a large pile of stones. It remains to this very day, and the Lord's anger subsided. So that place is called the Valley of Disaster to this very day. Now, just a little note here. You might be saying, why isn't it just Achan that's uh, you know, paying the punishment here? Why all his family and, and the people closest to him? And the reasons are, are really two. One is because you represented your family, and what you did, your family was in one sense representative of. And also because he was given a warning the day before. He didn't admit it. He didn't come and confess it. And his family didn't admit it because they would have known he hid this in the middle of his tent. It was said that several times. And so it's really clear that the whole family together in one sense seemed to be in on this, happy to keep the secret, hoping they could keep these goods. And God 
is saying, you cannot do these kinds of things. You must, you must be honoring God in what you do and what you say. You cannot lie or hide from him. Continuing on chapter eight, the Lord said to Joshua, don't be afraid and don't panic. Take the whole army with you and march against Ai. See, I am handing over to you the king of Ai, along with his people, city, and land. Do to Ai and its king what you did to Jericho and its king, except you may plunder its goods and cattle. Set an ambush behind the city. Joshua and the whole army marched against Ai. Joshua selected 30,000 brave warriors and sent them out at night. He ordered them, look, set an ambush behind the city. Don't go very far from the city. All of you be ready. And all the troops who are with me will approach the city. When they come out to fight us like before, we will retreat from them. They will attack us until we have lured them away from the city, for they will say, they are retreating from us like before. We will retreat from them. Then you will rise up from your hiding place and seize the city. The Lord your God will hand it over to you. When you capture the city, set it on fire in keeping with the Lord's message. See, I have given you orders. Joshua sent them away and they went to their hiding place west of Ai between Bethel and Ai. Joshua spent the night with the army. Bright and early the next morning, Joshua gathered the army, and he and the leaders of Israel marched at the head of it, of it to Ai. All the troops that were with him marched up and drew near the city. They camped north of Ai on the other side of the valley. He took 5,000 men and set an ambush west of the city between Bethel and Ai. The army was in position, the main army north of the city and the rear guard west of the city. That night, Joshua went into the middle of the valley. When the king of Ai and all his people saw Israel, they rushed to get up early. Then the king and the men of the city went out to meet Israel in battle at the meeting place near the Rift Valley. But he did not realize an ambush was waiting for him behind the city. Joshua and all Israel pretended to be defeated by them, and they retreated along the way to the wilderness. All the reinforcements in Ai were ordered to chase them. They chased Joshua and and were lured away from the city. No man was left in Ai or Bethel. They all went out after Israel. They left the city wide open and chased Israel. The Lord told Joshua, Hold out toward Ai the curved sword in your hand, for I am handing the city over to you. So Joshua held out toward Ai the curved sword in his hand. When he held out his hand, the men waiting in ambush rose up quickly from their place and attacked. They entered the city, captured it, and immediately set it on fire. When the men of Ai turned around, they saw the smoke from the city ascending into the sky and were so shocked they were unable to flee in any direction. In the meantime, the men who were retreating to the wilderness turned against their pursuers. When Joshua and all Israel saw the men in the ambush had captured the city and that the city was going up in smoke, they turned around and struck down all the men of Ai. At the same time, the men who had taken up the city came out to fight and the men of Ai were trapped in the middle. The Israelites struck them down, leaving no survivors or refugees. But they captured the city, the king of Ai, alive and brought him to Joshua. When Israel had finished killing all the men of Ai who chased them toward the wilderness, they all fell by the sword. All Israel returned to Ai and put the sword to it. So 12,000 men and women died in that day, including all the men of Ai. Joshua kept holding out this curved sword until Israel had annihilated all who lived in Ai. But Israel did plunder the cattle and the goods of the city in keeping with the Lord's orders to Joshua. Joshua burned Ai and made it permanently uninhabited mound. It remains that way to this very day. He hung the king of Ai on a tree, leaving him exposed until evening. At sunset, Joshua ordered that his corpse be taken down from the tree. They threw it down to the entrance of the city gate 
and erected over it a large pile of stones. It remains to this very day. Then Joshua built an altar for the Lord God of Israel on Mount Ebal, just as Moses the Lord's servant had commanded the Israelites. As described in the law scroll of Moses, it was made with uncut stones untouched by an iron tool. On it they offered burned sacrifices to the Lord and sacrificed tokens of peace. There, in the presence of the Israelites, Joshua inscribed on the stones a duplicate of the law written by Moses. All the people, rulers, leaders, and judges were standing on either side of the ark in front of the Levitical priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Both resident foreigners and native Israelites were there. Half of the people stood in front of Mount Gerizim and the other half in front of Mount Ebal, as Moses the Lord's servant had previously instructed them to do for formal blessing ceremony. Then Joshua read aloud all the words of the law, including the blessings and the curses, just as they were written in the law scroll. Joshua read aloud every commandment Moses had given before the whole assembly of Israel, including the women, children, and resident foreigners who lived among them. And we continue with Psalm 14 for the music director by David. Fools say to themselves, there is no God. They sin and commit evil deeds. None of them does what is right. The Lord looks down from heaven at the human race to see if there's anyone who is wise and seeks God. Everyone rejects God. They are morally corrupt. None of them does what is right, not even one. All those who behave wickedly do not understand. Those who devour my people as if they were eating bread and do not call out to the Lord. They are absolutely terrified, for God defends the godly. You want to humiliate the oppressed, even though the Lord is their shelter. I wish the deliverance of Israel would come from Zion. When the Lord restores the well-being of his people, may Jacob rejoice, may Israel be happy. And we conclude with Luke 15, reminding ourselves that Psalm 14 that we just read said that there's no one who seeks God. Left to ourselves, we all run away from God. And here in this chapter, Jesus speaking to the Pharisees and also those who gathered around the tax collectors and sinners that there's hope because God is a God who comes to pursue and find the lost. Luke 15. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming to hear him, but the Pharisees and the experts in the law were complaining, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Which of you, if he has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go look for the one that is lost until he finds it? Then when he has found it, he places it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Returning home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, telling them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my sheep that was lost. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need to repent. Or what woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search thoroughly until she finds it? Then, when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. Then Jesus said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that will belong to me. So he divided his assets between them. After a few days, the younger son gathered together all he had and left on a journey to a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth with a wild lifestyle. Then, after he had spent everything, a severe famine took, the place, took place in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and worked for one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He was longing to eat the carob pods the, fig, the pigs were eating, and, but no one gave him anything. 
But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired workers have enough food to spare? But here I am dying from hunger. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off from his home, his father saw him and his heart went out to him. He ran and hugged his son and kissed him. Then his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Hurry, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field and he, as he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the slaves and asked what was happening. The slave replied, your brother has returned and your father has killed a fattened calf because he got his son back safe and sound. But the older son became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and appealed to him saying, but he answered his father, look, these many years I've worked like a slave for you and I never disobeyed your commands. Yet you never gave me even a goat that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your assets with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and everything that belongs to me is yours. It was appropriate to celebrate and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. What amazing words from Jesus here, which tells us that the younger brother types, the people who clearly sin in the world's eyes are in desperate need of being found, but also the older brother types, the religious, hypocritical, self-righteous types are lost and outside the, the house and need to be found as well. And the question maybe we could consider today is, who am I, a younger or elder brother? And am I willing to be found? Will I accept God's mercy and forgiveness And will I enter the party and celebrate in God's grace and love? Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.